my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Radio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub star Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Thank you so much for joining us for another session of the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. For anyone who's watched this in the past, we started this thing up about two and a half, three years ago, when we as a world were moving into a whole new situation, into quarantine. And we wanted to do two things. We wanted to stay a little more connected to each other, even if it was virtual. And we also wanted to keep talking about our favorite topic, podcasting. 
and the creators that were driving podcasting, jumping into the medium new or who were veterans of it already. So we kicked off this speaker series and a lot of weeks, it's my favorite half hour where I get to sit down and talk to creators that I've seen blossom in podcasting or, or test it new and ask them about where they came from, why they do this medium and where they're going with it. Today for me is a really special treat. I get to talk to two podcasters and producers and executive producers who I've known for a really long time, who I consider good friends and who are two of the best producers and storytellers, I think at work in any medium, very honestly. One is Aaron Mankey. Aaron Mankey has been part of the iHeart Podcast Network for several years. In fact, goes back even to the Stuff Media Podcast Network before Stuff Media was acquired by iHeart Media in around 2018. Aaron hit the scene on podcasting several years ago with a show called Lore that really is one of those shows that took a medium and just immediately moved it forward three, four years, uh, accelerating the kind of stuff you could do in podcasting, the kind of stories you could tell. The other fellow with us today is Matt Frederick. Matt is a very old friend of mine, has been working with me for over 10 years, back to the HowStuffWorks.com days. Incredible storyteller, incredible producer. Matt is behind some of the biggest shows in our medium period. As a host, he hosts a show called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. He also executive produces a lot of content and produces a lot of content that Aaron puts out under his slate, the Grim and Mild Network. So first of all, big long intro, but I want to put it all out there so folks know who we're talking about here today because it's important to me. Matt, Aaron, thanks for hanging out with me today. For those on the stream today who don't know your origin story, I think it's very cool on many levels. On at least least one level, it's very cool from the perspective of somebody who was doing a job and decided I am a creative at heart. I'm going to put tools down and go dive in the deep end of that. How did the podcast lure this mega hit in our industry? How did that start? What's the origin story? About 15 years ago, I like left the world of working for other people and I started working as a freelance graphic designer. And it was one of those things where during my day job, I did logos for plumbers and built websites and stuff. And I did that for a good number of years. But sometime around the end of 2014, that was starting to sort of wind down. You use up all your network of referrals and whatnot. And I, I had been writing fiction in my spare time. I love Stephen King. I love that creepy supernatural thriller sort of space. And my stuff was a lot like that. It was using a lot of New England folklore, legends from the area that I live in sort of fed into that. I live near Salem. So you think of the Salem Witch Trials, it's like my backyard, that kind of thing. And I was looking for ways to get my books out there for people. And I thought, I'll, I'll create a little giveaway. I'll write some historical essays about these cool historical details that are embedded in my books. And I'll give it away and people will eat it up and they'll want to buy my books. And then I realized that of course, this was 2014, 2015. It's really hard to hand somebody a PDF and expect them to read it on a tiny little mobile phone. So I almost gave up. And then I decided to grab a microphone and record, I guess, like an audiobook version of it. And I was going to put them in a zip folder, you know, where you can like compress the folder into a zip file and then let people download that. That was my plan. But I had a friend listen to the first essay and he's like, Aaron, you know, there's this thing called podcasting and storytelling is becoming this thing within podcasting and you should really give it a try there. 
So I took about two days. I branded it, which is something that I could do. Yeah, um, you know, it's always made a good cover to see. art, built a website, and launched it as a podcast. And uh, I wish I could say it was instant success. I had nine downloads that first day. So the bar has always been set very low for me. After that, you know, if I can get more than nine downloads on a launch, I am doing really well. But it did take off pretty quickly after that. And and I think maybe because my plans were so humble, right? Like I went into this not expecting anything. I have just been blown away by the response to it. And yeah, that was seven and a half years ago, you know, and, and a lot's happened since then. Lore is quickly approaching probably over the next couple of weeks, 400 million downloads. And there are bigger shows out there, but it's a really nice number. It's got a lot of zeros in it and it feels really good. It was adapted for TV by Amazon Studios for two seasons on Amazon Prime. It's published as a three book series through Penguin Random House, you know, so I, I ticked off a few boxes, which has been really great. I'm going to come back to some of the stuff you just said, but before I go to you, Matt, let me go all the way back to you as a kid. Where did this come from? Like, a lot of us as kids read Stephen King. A lot of us as kids and teenagers are interested in dark, fringe, scary stuff. But there's definitely something unique about you, about Aaron Mankey. There is something <laughs> unique that made you this world-class storyteller. Where did that come from initially, that bug? Was it somebody who inspired you as a kid? Why do you think differently? I'm going to guess that all of us grew up going to school and getting those, those little newsprint color catalogs from Scholastic that they'd send us home with. My kids still bring them home today. The smell of the ink, the feel of the paper, it's almost Pavlovian. I want to order from them anyway, even though I don't know what's in them. But it, it was, I was like fifth grade. I brought one of those home and there was a book in there. I don't know what it was called. I could picture the cover, but it was basically weird but true stories from history. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And I convinced my parents to buy it for me. And it, it had you know stories of like a farmer in, in Tennessee who his family watched him walk across the field and then disappear right before their eyes and never come back. And, you know, the place where he vanished from left a circle in the cornfield and all these weird things. And I think at that moment, it really just sparked something inside me that said, wow, the, the real and the weird can sort of connect together. So my upbringing growing up in the 80s into the 90s through middle school, high school, college, it was filled with things like Unsolved Mysteries, you know, the X-Files, Twilight Zone. All of those were key players for me. Publications like Ripley's Believe It or Not, or even radio personalities from back in the day, like Paul Harvey with his Rest of the Story. All of those things, you want to get across a really cool story and you need to do it in a very unique way. And all those were, were right there teaching me. Matt, let's go to you for a sec. Where did you get this bug? I mean, I've seen you do a lot of different kinds of creativity, communication, however we want to bucket it, from writing to video to now podcasting. Way back, Matt, as a kid, teenager, wherever it hit, what prompted you to say, I want to tell stories? I was a very religious young man very, very religious. And when my life kind of took a, a bit of a different path for a while there, I wanted to explore like why I believed what I believed. That's really what it was. Like, why did I go through my life so certain that I knew everything, right? And then right in my face came, well, maybe you don't know everything. <laughs> and then I just want to decide what do I know? And that's why those fringe topics just became so fascinating to me. And it doesn't hurt when your dad like sits you down to watch X-Files too. And you start learning that as, you know, 12 year old boy and you're like, oh man, Man, there really are UFOs. Oh, dad, this is too much, but I kind of <laughs> like it. I want to say one thing on Aaron, specifically Aaron. I think it's, look, I've been thinking about you and like why 
you are so special in this space to me. I think there's something so disarming about the way you speak. I don't expect you to be telling me the darkest, creepiest, most messed up things in history. For some reason, when your voice is so soothing and you articulate so well, and then all of a sudden we're in like this, uh, vampires are here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a really good point. And sometimes we overlook it. We spend 95% of the conversation talking about the research and the work and the words as opposed to to the tonality of your delivery and voice, Aaron, is as unique and I think as important to the content as, you know, Ira Glass and This American Life. It just becomes like intertwinable with the actual content. And you're right. It's disarming is the right word, I think, Matt, because it's like you expect it to be more like, oh, this is going to be a very informative and educate. Wait, who killed what? That's how it all, that's how it all exactly. sort of comes across. It's interesting that you say that because I've been getting emails from listeners for almost eight years now. And one of the recurring themes is that a lot of people use lore as sort of an ASMR show, right? It's this show that they press play as they go to bed at night. I think I just read like three tweet replies overnight last night from people who said, you know, I, I press play and I go to I go to bed. And like, that's how they relax at the end of the day. And I can see, you know, good classical music from Chad Lawson, who is you know, he's a billboard number one classical pianist. That helps. That makes sense. Calm voice. Yes, it makes sense. But yeah, when you take that turn toward a vampire or a serial killer, it really does make you question how relaxing is this stuff really? <laughs> well, think about the dreams you're incepting in those people. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know now why we have a mental health crisis in this country is because Aaron Mankey is putting everyone <laughs> in the yes. dreams. He's called it. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade. 
with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I want to talk more seriously, though, about the role of this different perspective on history, if you could call it that. And I think it is that. You did a show called Lore. You followed it up with a show called Cabinet of Curiosities, but also a show called Unobscured. Unobscured is one of my favorite podcasts ever put out in the world. And I think it's all in the title. It's sort of taking well-worn historical topics and trying to come at them from a different angle to unobscure what you might not know about them. You started out with the Salem Witch Trials, which you live near. Suffice it to say, we've been through a tough two, three, four years of history. There are a roster of reasons why in our country, around the world, we're going through it still. Is this an important role that you feel you play in any way, shape, or form where you're like, look, this isn't just for fun. Yes, lore is cool. It's tantalizing. All the shows I make have that sort of edgy, naughty, but super smart vibe to them. Scary in a sense, but it's also mildly important because it's stuff that I genuinely don't think you know yet. Does this ever run through your head or, or where do you come from with that? I don't think it did at the beginning, but it certainly has, like you said, over the last you know two, three, four years, it's become a little bit more of a thing in the back of my brain. It doesn't change the content I make, but it does affect sort of the responsibility that I feel about this. I think that we're really good in a bad way as a culture at reducing history down to a one-sentence soundbite or a fact that anybody who has any level of education can rattle off on social media. It's easy to misunderstand stuff. And you know, on a really not so important level, a good example is something like, tell somebody about the Salem Witch Trials they will probably tell you, oh yeah, that's when that town ate that moldy bread and they all had hallucinations and went nuts. That idea of the ergot, the poisoned bread, was proposed in like 1976. I think it was 76. It was an active theory for one month. And then it was debunked a month later in a publication, a scholarly publication. But that one month presented the world with an easy soundbite, moldy bread, 
that explains it all, right? And that's how we like to see history. We like to see it reduced down to something that's easy to explain when it really wasn't. It was a whole bunch of other things that are too complicated to fit into a tweet. So yeah, Unobscured is one of those shows where we really said like, look, let's back up and just take our time and go deep into this thing so people can understand context. And I think at the end of the day, that's what all my shows are about. They're about the context of history. Context is so important. You know, it's the 3D glasses for a 3D movie. If you sit in the theater without 3D glasses, it looks weird. But when you put them on, everything starts to come together. And I think that if you can bring in the context about things, the whys, the hows, all of a sudden history begins to make more sense and it becomes more dramatic and entertaining too. Yeah, I mean, it's not the show we're here to talk about today, but anyone listening, watching should definitely take the weekend or two and listen to the several seasons now of Unobscured, but start with that first one. It's shockingly familiar. Yes. That what went down and how that sort of thing continues to go down year after year in the United States. You mentioned 3D, I wanna pick up on it. You guys have both <laughs> experimented as you've both moved from being hosts or just quote unquote, talent to actual executive producers, certainly producers, but executive producers of shows too. In that move, you both partnered on a show called 13 Days of Halloween. It involves 3D or binaural audio. Matt, give us just a two, three minute primer on what the heck is binaural audio? What's sometimes called 3D audio? How do you capture it? Why? What does it do that's different? Where'd it come from? Everything you know on it, which is a decent amount. Tell folks about it. It's really simple to think about. It's stereo audio that's enhanced in a way to really make your ears feel like the sounds are entering your ears the way they would if you were just hearing them in an environment. So like if you're sitting in a house and you're listening to this and you hear a door open behind you, the way binaural audio is recorded, it would sound like there is a door opening behind you, no matter where you're listening to it. If you're walking on the street and you've got headphones on, there's a door behind you. Oh, you're pretty sure. It tricks your brain into thinking you are in a space because we're so used to having our ears tell us where we are in space in time, right? It's just pretty incredible stuff. There are these mics that have silicone ears on them that we use. It's kind of weird, but it's and the incredible. Mic the microphones that alone literally look like a human ear in order to capture the sounds. You can play with it really, really extremely in post. I think in its best and it's certainly scariest version, 3D audio will really startle you into yeah. thinking that you're just immersed right into the center of a story. Hanging with you for a sec, this anthology of 13 Days of Halloween, first season, why did that feel like it was right for this tech? Well, like most great ideas that we have, they start with you, Connell. And you, <laughs> but it really is a conversation about, you know, we're, to be clear, we're definitely going to keep that part. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> well, we wanted to just find a way to tell compelling stories with this technology that we were, you know, learning about experimenting with. And we thought, man, scaring somebody would be really effective with this, or at least making someone feel uneasy. So we came up with this concept of 13 Days of Halloween, where it's a one character that leads you as the listener through this strange place and introduces you to really storytellers, other characters who are going to tell you a story that will hopefully unsettle you and wrap it up with a nice little arc. And thankfully we got, I don't know how this happened. Again, deferring back to you, Connell, we got Keegan-Michael Key 
to play the caretaker, the main character in that first season. And wow, he just blew it out of the water. It was crazy. He did. And, and going back to that microphone for the spinal audio that looks like a human ear, I have vivid memories of being on Zoom because we recorded this in Zoom, not with Zoom, but we use Zoom to communicate with each other, recorded on microphones and watching Keegan-Michael Key like lean in and you know, whisper into the side of an ear. And then, you know, okay, let's try that again. And he would kind of come at it from a different angle and, you know, all these different things he was saying because he was at one point in the script he was pushing you in a wheelchair so he was standing directly behind you and it's just a really different experience watching somebody like whispering weird things into a plastic ear and then hearing it on the audio actually sound like he is sitting on your shoulder right here only speaking in this direction it's amazing yeah. that is Ugh. nuts how did you decide what got the green light what stories and writers got the green light to be included in the anthology season one and two how does that process go i mean some of it is just we all read it and said that feels good that doesn't feel good the filter was a lot more open on the first season because our model for the first season was let's make this very anthology style you could in a sense pick up in any episode and not feel like you were missing something. You weren't like mid-series. Every one of them was mostly a short story that was narrated by a voice actor with tiny little bits of wrapper around the beginning and the end to tie that plot thread through all the episodes. But honestly, you could drop in an episode 10 and listen all the way to 13 and still feel like you got it. So for the first season, I think it was a little bit easier to make those choices. Do you agree, Matt? Yeah, we had a construct of a large house, like a manor, right? So we thought, okay, what are all the spaces in that property that we would visit if we were going on some weird Halloween tour, right? So then we tried to pick out stories that would match up with, let's say, the sunroom or the solarium, right? What's going to take place in the cellar? It, it was pretty cool in that way. The other thing is, though, with 13 Days of Halloween, it is designed, like Aaron said, to drop in whenever you want to. If you just catch a couple, you're still going to be entertained. But it rewards people fully if you listen to the whole thing, because that arc really does pay off in the finale on Halloween every time. It does. And it took us making the first season to really realize that, that there was this mm. payoff that came with all 13 episodes. And so season two, we really tried adding a bit more to that wrapper that was around the stories. And so the thread that tied all the episodes together started to contain like its own larger story. Like there were minor stories and major stories and each of them fed into that. And then obviously for this year, we're doing our third season of that. And I think we've leaned even harder in that direction. Don't you agree, Matt? Like we have said, you know what, let's just really try to make all all of these very interconnected and you've got to start with number one to work your way to 13 for that really big payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Season two had Kathy and Jimmy from Hocus mm -hmm. Pocus, which is getting its sequel right now. That's exciting yeah. for everybody. I can't wait to watch that. And also have Bethany and Lind, she's in there. So it was like two characters we're following as they go on a journey. This third season, we're going very Spielberg with it. And we're going to follow a boy and his dog as they journey home on Devil's Night during like the Great Depression. Again, we're trying to make it feel like, oh, what's going on around us in the real world oh yeah. let's tell a story that's kind of like that that is so <laughs> cool it feels like we're building this huge monster franchise ip like it always felt like a big idea to all of us even before we'd recorded a minute of sound but to be on season three perfectly timed for october everyone needs to listen to this <laughs> before and on halloween if you have a halloween party don't play music play this like come on just don't be dumb Ooh. guys Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. 
With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.
We talked a lot there about telling stories in audio only, trying to immerse somebody in audio only. And back to you, Aaron, you've dabbled is not even the right word. Like lore became an audiovisual property while it was still a podcast. And it may be an obvious question, but like, is that hard to be like, okay, now I've got to figure out how to visualize this thing that I was fully relying on the theater of the mind to get me there. And 13 days of Halloween, once again, like same sort of challenges. It's an incredibly scary visual show without the sight and motion of the sight, sound and motion equation. How do you think about that in your head? You know, I think there are the natural obvious places where audio is lacking. You know, there's no picture. There's no ability to just show a person to the audience and say, this is what this person looks like. You can now recognize them. It's easy. There's no set design. There's no visual effects, that sort of thing. But I'm of the opinion that the best movies, especially on the scary side, are the ones that hide the thing that you're supposed to be afraid of you know, or maybe the thing that you're anticipating. It's hidden away. You don't see it. One of my favorite movies is The Village from M. Night Shyamalan. And the actual monsters in that fictional world have such a tiny percentage of screen time. It's minuscule, but they're always present because they're built into the culture of this community. They're built into the dialogue, into their fears. It's all there. So I think for audio, that's really the plus side of things that we don't have the luxury of just doing a jump scare where something falls out of a closet. Like we don't have to show you the monster. We have to build it into the voices and the words of the character with subtle sound effects and whatnot. And, you know, for a tight little show like 13 Days of Halloween, that is so important. And you need to be able to do it consistently across all the 13 episodes without slipping or disappointing the audience. Like, it, it has its own challenge. And I think that nets a really unique reward. Matt, I mean, you started out at least one of the things you did earlier career was video. What's that been like where now you're sort of like strip all those tools away solely rely on, again, this idea of theater of the mind, freeing or limiting or a little bit of both? For me, it's one of the best things that ever happened because often with a camera, you are limited depending on the money that you have. Unless you're like our friend Dan Bush, who is just extremely good at making something out of nothing. Like he can just do that. And that's magic. And I don't quite have that level of skill. But with audio, I can conjure anything. And instead of having to show it to you, I can make you see it by thinking about it and by hearing it, especially with this 3D audio, hearing it in a specific place in your mind. And it really just brings the magic to a medium that for so long, at least in my mind, was just people talking on a microphone. And now we can bring an actor like in season three of 13 Days of Halloween, we've got Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, like if you don't know who that is, I always throw out things like Carnival and Shawshank Redemption, Highlander. I mean, these are like movies and characters that really shaped me that he played. But the kids, like my son knows him because he plays Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. This is an actor, you know, like a real actor. And he's bringing things to this sonic medium that are just super special. Even indie directors, like you mentioned Dan Bush, that you and I are fans of his stuff. Like even he's jumping into podcasting because I think mm -hmm. he finds it so freaking freeing to yeah. run and gun fast in a medium that's audio only. He did Tomorrow's Monsters. He's got a show coming up soon too. That'll be awesome. But I want to do the business side of this for just a second. You have a medium that's exploding in growth. You have 80 million Americans a week listening to podcasts now. It's the newest mass reach medium in the United States. What is tracking with that is the investment, the advertising piece of this that's going to make this 
accelerate and grow even bigger. Aaron, you work extremely well with brands and advertisers. And I think the reason that you do is because you sort of stay true to what makes the podcast ad product unique and awesome. And I don't want that to get overlooked here because it's the other half of our business. Maybe just talk about that for a sec. The relationship with fans, why ads work in podcasting in ways that I don't think they do in other mediums as well. What's your experience been like? I think it comes down to trust. You, know, you and I have had this conversation like the off tape before, and it's a common industry conversation, but all the experimenting with canned pre-recorded ads that get dynamically inserted versus talk shows where people grab a piece of paper and they just read the script for five minutes. I think all of it is proving a harder truth. And that's that host read ads have always been, and I think they always will be the most effective way to connect a listener to a sponsor. And when they're done right, and, and by that, I mean when ad reads are treated with respect by the host, when they're produced in the same mood or the style as the episode's regular content, when the listener's experience is actually taken into consideration, instead of just getting ad copy across and hitting the points that you're supposed to hit, when all of those things are done right, I think the listener won't feel like they've been shilled to or sold out. So podcast ads should always give off that vibe of a partnership, you know, that it's a trusted individual saying, here's a thing that I personally enjoy that I think would really fit your life as well. And sadly, I don't think any amount of technology can make that better. So right now, I feel like we're in a world where the podcast industry is exploring all those technological tools. They're saying, well, what if this works? Maybe this will work better. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we're all going to come back and say, you know what? Host read ads, they were the best. And we probably shouldn't have walked away from that. It's hard to make something awesome better. I agree. Let me ask you guys both just a future trip for a sec to close us out. Where we see this medium in one, five, 10 years, what do you think is a blind spot that listeners might have? Like today we see genres like fiction continuing to grow. There are whole genres that still aren't huge in podcasting like travel. There are technologies like 3D audio that we weren't even really serious about until what, 24 months ago or so? You both are, I think, rightfully so pretty excited about the medium, but Matt, I'll start with you. We look out five, 10 years. What keeps you really excited about this medium? Sometimes it's tough. I, I don't want to speak for you, but for guys like us who are executive producing a lot of shows, right? Often we've got our nose to the grindstone. We're just making stuff happen. We're thinking about the next two or three shows while we're making the previous five or the ones that are ongoing right now. When I think about the future, man, we're seeing such growth right? Like such growth with the number of podcasts, with the number of influential people that are wanting to get into this medium. It does feel like that's a trend that's going to continue. But what I'm really interested in seeing are these bigger names, let's say an actor coming on and wanting to make their own thing, right? So a lot of times it's a producer or writer that's coming up with a concept or an idea, and then they hire an actor or go out and cast an actor for that. I think there's going to be more people realizing, like people on the creative side that they can make their own thing similar to the way we worked with will ferrell right to create an entire thing and he had this character and he just brought this whole world to podcasting aaron what about you you look out one five whatever time range you're thinking where would you like the medium to be or at least where do you see it i think it's still a real low barrier type of content to make. And that's good, right? I think that anybody with a mic and some patience can start a podcast, whether they are a celebrity like Matt said, or they're somebody who's a graphic designer writing novels in their spare time. Like you got a mic and some patience, I think you can figure this out. That doesn't guarantee success, but you can make a show. I think that growth is also going to push us into a bit more segmentation. It used to be that if you wanted a break from listening to like a true crime podcast, there were a couple of fiction shows and you could probably go over there 
listen to all of their episodes and then come back a month later and pick back up in true crime. There wasn't a lot to dip into. But now those categories are getting really big and they're getting too big to treat like an afterthought. So you mentioned fiction. Fiction has really come into its own, even getting picked up for television, just like other categories have in the past. And I think that's also a space where a lot of the Hollywood talent have discovered a new place to work without the investment or the time spent in like managing the row show. They can show up in a booth in a recording studio and they can perform like they always perform, but on audio only. Honestly, in the end, and I don't know if this is 10 years out or 15 years out or whatever, but we're going to look back in a decade and we're going to see this podcast landscape has started to look a lot like the cable TV world of today or a decade ago. You know, dozens of highly specific genre related networks that are producing show after show that aligns to their own specific mandates. This is the kind of show we make. This is the world we play in all while growing massive audiences who see them as a one-stop shop for that kind of content that they want to get. I don't know what that means. Sometimes I have these visions of like the indie record industry in the 60s and 70s and 80s where people are like photocopying their album covers and sticking them in a cassette tape and handing them out like total punk. And I think that we've passed that stage with podcasting. We're probably getting to the point now where all these little tiny production companies are just going to become absorbed into half a dozen big publishers. And we've got these content channels that are all genre specific. And there's goods and bads to that. But I kind of think that's where it'll go. That's the well-worn rut that capitalism wants things to go in. That might be cynical, it might not be, but that's that's no, what I see. I think so I think as long as there's creators like you guys still at work, we will still be listening. It's just been very honestly over the last 5, 10, 15 years, it's been pretty awesome to see these shows that you guys have built and put out in the world. I think they've obviously changed and accelerated the growth of podcasting. I think it's more fundamental. I think they've actually sort of changed how humans think about storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I really do deeply, deeply appreciate the partnership with iHeart and the time today to just hang out and talk to you guys about it. Everybody should listen to 13 Days of Halloween season three. It'll scare you to the bone. It's also really, really smart. Technologically smart. Storytelling wise, it's smart. It's it's a show to reckon with. I just want to point out Alex Williams, who is not with us on this panel today. He, he couldn't make it. He's feeling under the weather. But season three of 13 Days of Halloween is really his brainchild. He's been writing. He's been out in L.A. recording it and directing it. Alex Williams. Look him up if you don't know who he is. He's awesome. He's another producer, creator. One of the best podcast producers at work. Partners with Matt on producing a bunch of Aaron's stuff. Alex, we hope you feel better. (laughs) You better be better by the time this airs or we'll have a problem. (laughs) I really, really appreciate it, Aaron, Matt. Thank you guys for talking to me today. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.